really warm welcome to the teaching ministry of New Life Church Crawley. We're a multicultural, intergenerational church. And we believe in the gospel of Christ. We believe in spreading his love through his word and through his works. We really hope that you enjoy what you hear today. We'd love for you to connect with us via the usual social media outlets, such as Facebook or on our website. Yeah, and Keegan, it's so lovely to have you back. We have been praying for you loads and we will be holding you both in our prayers and also your dad as well. And just know that we love you and we just are so glad that you're back with us. So thank you. Okay, so today you're stuck with me. David is away. And we have been thinking about people that went and had food with Jesus. I've loved this topic, mainly because food is one of my favorite topics. Uh, But let's just remind ourselves of some of the people who Jesus has visited so far and what they gained from his visit. So the first person that we learned about was Levi. And if you remember, Jesus went round and had lunch there. And basically, Levi saw what Jesus was, who he was, and he gave up everything and became a follower of Jesus. And then the following week, we learned about Jesus going round to Simon's house to have supper. And at Simon's house, Jesus came across Mary. And Mary gave us the most powerful image of somebody realizing how forgiven they've been. And she threw herself at his feet. So Mary realized that she was forgiven. And then last week, you learned about thousands of people that were fed by Jesus. They were fed literally, but they were also fed by his teachings so much that they didn't want to go home and get their food at home. Isn't that an amazing story to think of those people listening to Jesus so much that they even forgot their stomachs? It would take a lot for me to do that, but I'm sure listening to Jesus would have done that. Today, we're going to learn another, about another visit that Jesus made to a home. And he went and visited Mary and Martha. And Martha, in particular, had some choices to make. And I'm really excited because Lisa and Harry and Charlie are going to come up and help us think more about choices that we sometimes need to make. While they're coming up, just if you're wondering why I've got flowers in my top pocket, I was sitting here, you were wondering that, well I'm going to tell you, I was sitting over here feeling extremely worried about this morning and Jessica came running up and gave me some flowers, so I thought that was just, God knows what we need at the right time, so I thought I'd wear them in my pocket. Morning, everyone. Hello. Um, Right, so we're going to be talking today about choices. Um, And life is full of choices. Um, Some easy to make, some not so easy. Um, I'm just going to share a little bit about when Kerry asked me to do this today. Um, uh, So, yeah, I'm not a public speaker. I hate doing anything like this. Um, But I could have just taken the easy option and said, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, but I am trusting that God's with me and he is going to be my voice today and I've got my little helpers with me as well. So, um, yes, I am going to do this and just trust that my choice is to follow what God wants me to do and, um, yeah, he doesn't give me what I want, he gives me what I need. So um, this is what I need to do. Um, Okay, so already this morning I'm sure you've made lots and lots of choices um, choosing what, what shoes to put on and what to have for your breakfast, um, where to even sit in church. So we've already made lots and lots of choices. Um, so now we're going to think about other choices and we're going to play a little game. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the... Uh, what's the game we're going to play, boys? Would you rather. Would you rather game. So the boys are going to hold up some pictures and we're going to just get you all involved. So we're going to be doing... If you prefer Harry's picture, I'd like you to stand. And if you prefer Charlie's picture, I'd like you to just stay sitting. Okay? So over to you, boys. 
Would you rather eat pizza, pizza, or a burger? Ooh. Would you like pizza so hold or them a burger? Nice and high. Put the rest on the floor, darling. Pizza, stand up then. Hold them nice and high, Charlie. So if you'd rather have pizza, stand, or burger, sit. Ooh. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done, everybody. Next one. Now, the boys actually chose all of the categories themselves, so um, I'm not taking responsibility for this next one. <laughs> Would you rather support Arsenal? Oh. <laughs> or Tottenham? Oh, <laughs> Arsenal or Tottenham. So stand, stand if you support Arsenal. Sit down if you support Tottenham. <laughs> and you can't opt out of this one either. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done, everyone. Next one, Harry. Would you rather have a blue car or a red car? Red or blue? So stand for Harry's, sit for Charlie's. <laughs> well done, everyone. Last one. They had a bit of a disagreement with this one, so again, they had to make choices as who was going to hold up which one, and they solved it with a good old game of... Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> so, Would you rather have a pet cat? Or a puppy? <laughs> so, stand for Harry. <laughs> Sit for puppy, Charlie. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Well done. Right, so now we're just going to watch a video about Martha. Um, and th have a think about what choices that she had to make. So, thank you. Well done. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Wasn't she amazing? She definitely made the right choice this morning. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, we're actually not going to watch a video. We've got an even better option because we've got a drama. So if those people that are going to tell us the story of Mary and Martha, if you can come up the front now. Morning, everybody. Morning, everybody. So, what do a tax collector, a sinful woman, and 5,000 hungry people have in common? They all had a meal with Jesus. He ate with sinners. He welcomed them in when others wanted to push them away. He gave people what they needed because he is God, the great provider, and all we need. And today we will see that he wants us to listen to him. In today's Bible story, Jesus visited the house of two sisters, Mary, this is Mary, and Martha. Okay. Now imagine if Jesus was coming to your house, what would you do to get ready? Would you make your bed? Put your toys away? Rush around trying to dust the shelves, hoover the carpet, plump the cushions, or crush around in the kitchen trying to get the roast ready in time. 
Well, these ladies were getting their house ready for a visit from Jesus. But when Jesus arrived, the two sisters behaved very differently. Jesus came and sat down in their house and began to teach his friends about God's kingdom. Now, one sister, Mary, dropped everything to sit and listen to Jesus. She sat at his feet, nearly sitting on his toes, because she wanted to hear absolutely every word that he had to say. The other sister, Martha, carried on with all of her jobs to get the meal ready. <laughs> she started to get a, a bit annoyed with Mary. I mean, there was stuff to do, so she started to crash a bit louder in the kitchen. She probably made it quite obvious that she wanted help. But Mary stayed exactly where she was. If Jesus was talking, she was listening. Now, in the end, Martha couldn't take it anymore. Martha said to Jesus, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you know I'm doing everything here? Tell her to help me. Jesus responded, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus said that there is one thing that matters more than anything else to us. It's the one thing that Mary did, listening to Jesus. Martha needed to learn that one thing. When Jesus speaks, we need to listen. We all have lots of things to do, but the most important thing we need to do is listen to Jesus. Now, maybe you're thinking, how do I hear Jesus? Does he have a loud, booming voice that comes from heaven? Now, this is how we can hear Jesus speak to us. The Bible is God's word. He speaks to us through his son, Jesus, in his word. Every time you read the Bible, you are listening to Jesus. Are you all ready to listen? Thank you very much. Morning, church. Um, if, you don't, if it's your first time here, you're very welcome. Uh, my name's Ian, I'm one of the uh, leaders here, and um, uh, you're very welcome here this morning. Um, before you came in at the door, you, you may be given a uh, welcome card. Um, if you want to fill that out, and please give that back to me, or, or Rose that was on the door, or Don, uh, that would be great. It's great to be in contact with each other. Um, even if you aren't a visitor, if you've changed your mobile phone number or your address or email or anything like that, if we could have that, that would be great. And uh, we can still uh, contact you and be in touch with you, etc., etc. So that's welcome cards. Okay, next slide, please. We have a, a sound and media uh, video to show you now. It's a very special video, and um, you'll, you'll see why. I won't, won't say any more. Okay. spot on for today. Fantastic. Oh, got a reply to that. <laughs> I bet 
bet the others will love seeing that. I'm definitely going to make a note of that one. I can use that every day. Fantastic. very engrossed in that. Really engrossed. It's such a beautiful day. I've just come out to go on the Version Bible app. What's that then? You've not heard no, of I it? Oh, I must tell you, it's fantastic. Every day I use it. I, in fact, I normally start my day with it. So what exactly is it then, Liz? Well, it's a reading really. It comprises many parts. So there's some thoughts about a Bible passage, okay. uh, some Bible readings, some prayers. So how's it helping you during your day then? Oh, I can't tell you. It's absolutely brilliant. The one I'm using at the moment is a Bible through the year. Okay. So every day it gives me a different focus and something to really reflect on and think about God and thank God for things and learn about God. Okay. Do you think it would be of use for me? You would love it. Oh, okay. And what I love about this is you don't have to do it on your own. You can do it in community. Oh, right. Okay. So if you join, yeah. we can do the same program together, the oh, okay. same version together, and just comment and talk. In fact, earlier on, that's exactly what I was doing reading some things that really help me, commenting on them and making notes that are just going to help me in my walk right. with God. I'll have to find out more about it. You must, it. you'll love it. Okay. Well, as you've seen, a couple of the guys have been engaging together with the Version Bible app and I've seen the tremendous benefit of it for me personally and connecting with others because uh, there's an opportunity to chat as you're reading it through. It's also part of our commitment to, to honour God's word for us as leaders, for us as a church. And, and we'd really commend it to you. We'd encourage you to get involved for yourself and as part of the plan. So we're going to explain to you how you can actually do that. Every couple of months, uh, Chris is going to be putting the devotion together through the version plans. And so you'll be able to link into that and be part of that community, learning and growing together as we seek to follow Jesus. Thank you. To join the group plan on the Bible app, please follow me on this video. Step one, open the YouVersion Bible app on your phone. On the top right corner of the app, you can find your profile image. Please tap on the profile image. This will open your profile page. Locate the friends option and tap on it. On the top right corner, tap the search button. Now, type in Sunif Christopher and click on the search button. Once you have located Chris' profile, click on the add button next to his name. Wait for Chris to confirm that he has accepted your friend request. Once Chris accepts your friend request, reopen the YouVersion Bible app. Select plans in the bottom of the app. Select your plans. Accept invitation to the Bible plan. Once you have accepted, you will be able to start the plan. Here's an example of how to use the discussion. Once you have completed the devotion, there is a section to talk it over.
can type in your message for all the members of the plan to see and discuss it with you. The link to install the YouVersion Bible app will be sent on the New Life Church Signal Group. For further clarification on how to use the app, please contact Chris or David. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris, for doing that. Just a little tip. Don't come and ask me. <laughs> Chris is your man and or David. <laughs> okay, uh, can I have the next slide, please? Uh, giving. It's very important that we do give to the work of the uh, um, church here. And um, I'm going to quickly whiz through because there's quite a few announcements this morning. And um, uh, we'll have a little welcome uh, in a minute uh, just to say hello to each other. Um, stewardship is equal and proportional. That's the, the heading for today's uh, uh, talk. God's provision dictates the believer's proportion. The text on the screen were written by Paul. And um, it helps us as a church and as individuals and family, families to have a, a correct views on, on our giving. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 2, it says this. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. Or in other words, not everyone should give the same amount, but what is in proportion to their income. It'd be a bit silly, wouldn't it, if I spent all my money on putting it there. It'd be crazy of me to do that. So it's in proportion. Secondly, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, 13 and 15, we read this. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but that they might, sorry, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need. So that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. And then in chapter, uh, um, in, sorry, in verse, sorry, chapter 9 and verse 10, it says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Or in other words, through meeting others' needs, we meet our own. And it's simple as that. And we do that as a church. We give a lot of our money away to uh, different missions. Um, and also, those of you that are struggling, uh, we can help out in, in that direction as well. So it's not just used to put the lights on and the heat in. It's used for other things as well as um, mission and all sorts of things um, like that. So can I encourage you this morning to set aside um, a little bit or a lot. You can give... Uh, in the following ways, you can give online. Uh, if you can scan the, the code there, uh, the QR code, you can do it online. Or there's an envelope at the back where Rose is sitting. And you can pop that in the box. And um, that's great. Thank you very much. If you are a taxpayer, um, we can claim the, the tax back from the government. And um, that's a good thing to do because each year we get a, a sum of money back from the government that we can learn we can use in different ways um, through gift aid. Okay, so that's that's the giving. Okay, next slide. Uh, next weekend, the 12th and the 13th uh, of May, we're having a ministry and missions day, a, a weekend. Starting on the Friday, uh, we have a encounter night here. Can I encourage you, though, those of you that have never been to the encounter night, please come. It's an amazing evening where we can just there's no agenda. We just come and we sing and we just worship the God, our King of Kings. So that's on Friday. And it's with Pastor Jonathan from Nigeria. He will be here and um, he will be preaching on the Sunday as well. But before we get to that, uh, men's breakfast. We're having a men's breakfast. Hang on, ladies. Don't be too, don't be sad. Don't be sad. Just hang there, hang there. Men's breakfast, 13th. Uh, on Saturday, next Saturday, half past nine. Can you let David Dixon know? Uh, I've got David up there. David Dixon know uh, how many of you want to go, and then um, he can 
buy as many sausages or bacon that he needs to buy. So that's next Saturday. And then Saturday afternoon uh, in Queen Square, we're going to have a street evangelism. We're going to go out into Queen Square and spread the gospel because that's what we're meant to do, isn't it? Or are we meant to be sitting here on a Sunday and that's it? No, we should be spreading the gospel daily. And we're going to go out on the streets next uh, Saturday, half past one in Queen Square. And then on Sunday, we have a, a celebration service, uh, a bring and, uh, I said bring and buy then, a bring and share uh, meal for everyone. And uh, the IBTI students uh, will be here as well. That's an encouraging uh, time as well. And we can spend time with them and have food together. So can I encourage you to come to that as well? Okay, nearly there. There you go, ladies. I said there was something coming up. What I want to know, right, is why we get a breakfast and the ladies get a retreat? <laughs> What's that all about? I'm going to have a speak to Dave. Um, in fact, I think we might plan a men's week away. Yes. <laughs> a whole week. <laughs> I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> just joking, I'm just, just joking. Next, uh, on Saturday, 24th of June, uh, ladies, there's going to be a day retreat uh, in Burgess Hill. Cost is £5. If you want to go, and I'm sure it'll be an amazing day uh, of fun and fellowship and uh, getting to know each other, but to getting to know the Lord more. If you can email Beverly at newlifecrawley.church, that'd be great. And um, just don't turn up because they need to know for catering, etc., etc. So 24th of June, Saturday, cost £5. Speak to Beverly. Bev. I think that's everything. So we're going to have a quick one minute, say hello to each other. If it's your first time here, don't be embarrassed. We will come to you and say hello, shake your hand, um, and then we're, Kerry's going to come up and carry on. So one minute, and then... Uh, we will come back. In the office, should be printing, and then there's paper at the back. Should be printing in the printing in the office. If not, there's paper. There's some paper there. Just give paper. Yeah, that would be lovely. Thanks, Annabella. So if you want to go and get your seats back. I'm a lot bossier than David, so come and sit yourselves back down. Plenty of time to see each other with tea and coffee at the end. Okay, you can sit yourselves down. I thought Chris expected me to sing along there. Rose told me I look like Madonna this morning. The only way I look like Madonna is the microphone. Nothing else is similar at all. And definitely my voice isn't, so. Okay, so our passage today is about Mary and Martha. And we had the story brilliantly told for us. I've given the activity packs out to the children if they can make sure they're sat with an adult to do their pack. And I will talk you through the different elements that you've got. So the first thing you've got is you've got a spot the difference and a colouring picture of Mary and Martha. And then on the back it's got ways that we can serve. And I'll tell you about that in a second. But if anyone ever says to me that God hasn't got a sense of humour, I will completely disagree. This passage has been the bane of my life. 
I have disliked this story ever since I became a Christian. And every time I'm asked to talk about it or to look at it, I look at God and say, why? Because it really annoys me. I think because I am naturally a Martha, I always feel as I'm getting told off by the story. And also, if I'm being honest, and please take this in the right way if there are any Marys here, but I do think Mary's quite lazy. And so it really, really annoys me. This passage really annoys me. So when I realized that I had to talk on it again, I said, okay, God, this is your chance to really show me what I need to get from this passage. And I think he has. So bear with me while I just share with you what I think God has been saying. But before I go on, one thing that I have really noticed while I've been reading and praying about this passage is that we are really blessed as a church because our leader in David is basically the best of Martha and the best of Mary. I've worked with lots of people and being a teacher, I've been surrounded by workaholics my whole life. I have never worked with a leader that works as hard as David does. I've never worked with a leader that is prepared to do everything, that is prepared to get his hands dirty, that is prepared to be part of everything that's going on if he feels it's from God. He works so hard, but boy does he pray. He prays for every single one of us. He prays for us individually. He prays for us as a church. He prays for the nations. And I have learned so much about prayer and fasting from David. And so when I was preparing this, I really, and I can only say it because he's not here, but aren't we really blessed as a church to have a church leader who is a Martha and a Mary? So back to the passage. To think about what we can learn from this passage, I've thought of three questions that I thought God answered for me while I was reading it. The first question was, who was being hospitable? The second question was, who was listening? And the third question is, who is changed? So if we think about the story, Martha on the surface was being really hospitable. When Peace was over there doing all the cooking over there, I was interested to see what she was going to make. Um, she was being really hospitable because she was doing what she thought was right. When Jesus came to her house, and it wasn't just Jesus, there would have been lots of other people there as well, Martha was doing what she thought was right. She was making an amazing meal. But was she really being hospitable? Was she really giving Jesus what he needed? To think about that, let's look at a definition of the word hospitable. So when I looked up the word hospitable, it said, friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, and strangers. One thing that I saw that I thought was really interesting was this visit to Mary and Martha's house comes straight after Jesus has told the parable of the Good Samaritan. That parable shows us what it means to be hospitable. And so we're going to refer to that, back to that, to try and think about what Jesus might have been saying by the end of this story. Because I think Jesus was the story of the Good Samaritan is talking about what being hospitable means. And it doesn't mean being the hostess with the mostest. What it means is the way we treat people when we come across them. Not only when they come to our house, but when we come across them in the streets, when we come across them if they visit our church. How do we treat people? And so let's think about the story of the Good Samaritan and then um, cross-reference it with Mary and Martha and see whether she was being hospitable. So in our definition, it says that you need to be friendly. In the story of the Good Samaritan, he was definitely friendly. For those of you that don't know the story, it's a parable that Jesus told. And there was a man who was beaten up and was laying really injured on the floor. Three people walked past. Two of them completely ignored his needs. One person didn't. That was the Samaritan. He was really, really friendly. He could have walked past. He could have pretended he hadn't seen. But he saw, and more importantly, he responded. That's what being hospitable means. There could have been some stigma and there could have been some risk around helping somebody that was injured, but he still did it. Again, that's what Mary did when Jesus visited their house. She went against the stigma and the rules of women not going to the feet of a teaching rabbi. She risked that because she got what Jesus needed. 
He needed people to be listening and to be responding to him. I think Martha thought she was being friendly by doing all that she was doing to get ready for Jesus, but she really missed the mark. She really didn't get what was needed. I wonder how many times we think we're being friendly, particularly as a church. I wonder for those people that walk into our church for the first time, are we giving them what we think they need or are we giving them what they really need? A really hard question to ask ourselves. The second thing our definition says is that it's being generous. Um, Our good Samaritan was definitely generous. He picked up the man from the floor and he took him to an inn and he gave the innkeeper the money and said, please make him better. He was generous with his money. He was generous with his resources, but he was also generous with his time because he went back and made sure that the man was okay. I think sometimes it's actually easier to be generous with money and with resources than it is with time. We've said before, what do the people out there really, really need? Yeah, they need money. Yeah, there are people that are living on the poverty line. But what people really, really need is time. People need to know that we care. People need to know that we're not walking past and ignoring them on the floor. They need to know that they matter. And so actually being generous is more than giving money and giving resources. It's giving our time. And again, Martha, on the surface, was being generous. But actually what Jesus wanted was to know that she cared. And that's how, what Mary showed when she went down at her, his feet. And again, how many times are we generous on our terms? And then the last thing is about being kind. Samaritans and Jews intensely disliked each other. And so our man in our story had every right to walk past and say, no, I'm not helping. But he didn't. He risked everything to help the man that needed it. Now, I think if I said to you today, when you go home, Jesus is coming to your house, I don't think there is one person here that wouldn't try and serve him a a nice meal, that wouldn't try and make sure that you're being kind and generous and hospitable to Jesus. But what's really interesting is Jesus says in Matthew 25, when you did it to the least of these, you did it for me. I wonder if we treat the people out there that really, really need our help or the people in here that really, really need our help. Do we actually treat them like Jesus? Because that's what he's telling us to do. So Martha, on the surface, seemed to be hospitable. But as Jesus showed, she was really off the mark. She had the wrong idea of what was needed. I wonder if we do that. I wonder if individually, sometimes we give on our terms rather than what Jesus is actually asking us. I wonder as a church, bit of a challenging question, do we give what we think people need rather than what Jesus is asking us to do? So that's the first question. The second question that we're gonna ask is who is listening? And children in your packs, you've got a door Um, sign to put up and on it it says I'm going to pray it's your chance to have some space and some time adults you might want to get one of these as well so you can put it up so the children know not to disturb you but what's really important is that we go into next week knowing that we are going to give Jesus some time because that's what this question is about I love the way in this story that Jesus says Martha's name twice I really love it. And I can just imagine him saying that with such compassion, appealing to her. And so I decided to look back in the Bible and think about other times when God has said some people's names twice to see if I can work out why Jesus said Martha's name twice. And the first thing that I noticed is with Abraham in Genesis 22, God calls Abraham and says his name twice. And it's really important he does because Abraham is being tested by God and he's been asked to sacrifice his son. Abraham amazingly has the faith to do what God is asking him to do. And he's about to do the sacrifice and God says, Abraham, Abraham. God wants his attention to say, stop, you've proved yourself. Now I know that I can trust you. 
He wanted Abraham's attention, so he said his name twice. The next thing that I saw was with Jacob. Jacob was about to travel to Egypt, and he was really scared. He was really worried, and he didn't know what the journey entailed, and he didn't know what was going to be meeting him when he got there. And God says his name twice, Jacob, Jacob. And I think the reason he says his name twice there is to say, I'm with you. You don't need to worry. You don't, don't look ahead. Don't look ahead. Just take a step at a time and know that I am with you. I'm never going to leave you. And then the next time is in Moses, a story that lots of us will be really familiar with, when the bush is on fire and Moses is standing there thinking, what on earth is going on? And God says his name twice. And I think God says his name twice there to say, it's really me. It is God. And sometimes I think we need to hear that. Moses, Moses, I am God. He needed Moses to know it was him that was calling him to do all the amazing things that he was going to ask him to do. And then one of my favorite characters in the Bible, Simon Peter. Doesn't Simon Peter mess up a lot in his early days with Jesus? He really does. But I love it. I really love it that actually it's him that can give the amazing talk on the day of Pentecost because he knows who Jesus is. And so, and so, thank you. So in Luke 22, we read again, Simon Peter has got it all wrong. He really hasn't got what Jesus is trying to teach him. And uh, Jesus says, Simon, Simon. And I think this one is one that we're probably quite familiar with. I want you to focus. How many times do we say children's names twice when we want them to focus? Jesus really wanted Simon to concentrate and to start getting all the things that he was trying to teach him. Simon, Simon, I want you to focus. And then the last one is when um, God calls down to Saul, when Saul is on the road to Damascus. Saul is doing, and I think it's really important to remember this, Saul is doing what he thinks is right. It's not as if Saul didn't have a faith. He was doing what he thought was right, but he thought that Jesus wasn't the son of God and didn't deserve following. And I think here, God says, Saul, Saul, twice to say, I see you. I see what you're doing. I see your heart, but I'm going to change that heart for my good. Saul, Saul, I see you. So let's go back to our story about Mary and Martha. Why did Jesus say Martha's name twice? Which of those did she need? Well, first of all, Martha hasn't stopped rushing around since Jesus had arrived. I think one of my memories of this service is going to be Peace's face when she was giving Alithia that look as if to say, come and help me. I didn't realise there was anybody else in this church that had a scarier look than Sophie. But you've got it, Peace. It was very good. So Martha hasn't stopped rushing around. And I think Jesus is saying, Martha, Martha, I want your attention. The second reason that we saw Martha is anxious. Can you imagine having Jesus at your house? I bet she was seeing every cobweb that there was. I bet she was thinking, I just haven't got enough food. And maybe I've added too many spices. She would have been anxious about so many things. And then she started getting anxious about the fact that Mary was doing absolutely nothing. So Martha was anxious. And I think Jesus wanted to say, Martha, Martha, I'm with you. And then the third reason that we looked at when we realised that Jesus was saying people's names twice is when, when we were talking about with Moses. And again, Martha, I think, is so busy trying to be hospitable, she's forgotten who Jesus is. And I think that Jesus is actually saying, Martha, Martha, I am God. And if God is in your house, what else can you do but bow down and worship him? Martha, Martha, I am God. And then the next reason that we looked at, again, really important. Martha is really complaining. She's complaining about all the wrong things. She's complaining about the fact that Mary isn't helping. She's actually secretly complaining about the fact that she has to do the meal. That's what she's doing. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, I want you to focus. 
How many times are we so busy doing what we think is right and Jesus is desperately calling us and saying, focus, focus on what I'm asking you to do. Don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about what other people expect of you. Focus on me. And then the last reason, and this one really gets my heart, because can you imagine Martha being so busy doing what she thinks is right and she sees Jesus and Mary, and I think Jonathan and Alithia did this brilliantly. They were having a connection. They were talking to each other. They were really having a relationship with each other while Jesus was teaching, and poor old Martha was stuck out in the kitchen. And I think Jesus is saying, Martha, Martha, I see you. How many times do we need to hear that? Whatever is going on in our heads, in our lives, in our hearts, he sees. And I just think that is amazing. There is nothing that he doesn't see in our lives. There is nothing that is hidden. And so we're just going to have a little bit of a pause now. And we're going to have a short time of reflection. Because I wonder, next slide please, I wonder which of those things God will be saying to you today. So I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit, it will sound a bit strange, but there is a reason for it. So underneath your seats, and children, you've got these in your packs, there should be a speech bubble and a pen. And what I'd like you to do on one side of the speech bubble, and if there aren't any, if people can pass them forward, or there's some paper and pens at the back that Rose can give out. I would like you to just write your name twice on one side of the speech bubble. So just write your name twice. And then I want you to think, children you can do this as well, write your name twice and then we're just going to have a time to think about what God might be saying to you. Because where you are today, what you've brought into church today what does God need to say to you? Is he wanting your attention? Does, do you need to know that he is with you? Do you need to remember that he's God? Does he need you to focus on something? Or do you just need to know that he sees you? We're going to put a song on now that we're just going to listen to. And I'll just ask you to really try and reflect on which of those things God might be saying to you today.
Can I encourage you that if God has said something to you in particular during that time and you want someone to pray with you, please ask at the end of the service. Please don't go home with all these things going around your head and thinking you have to cope with them on your own because you don't. We are a body and we're together and we need each other. So please ask for prayer if you need it at the end of the service. Thank you. So if we can go on to back to the slides. Thank you. Brilliant, thank you. Don't the um, technology team do an amazing job? Especially when people like me just change everything and throw them in. So you're not really scary, Sophie. So thank you very much. Okay, so back to our story and our third question. Who was changed? Because I don't know what Martha actually did. We don't get to know the end of the story. We don't know how she responded to Jesus saying, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen what is better and it won't be taken away from her. We don't know what Martha did. I know what I probably would have done. I probably would have sulked, fed the dinner to the dog and stormed off. But I don't think Martha did that. I think Martha learned. And the reason that I think Martha learned is because when we look ahead to another encounter that she has with Jesus, she's completely different. So Martha and Mary's brother, Lazarus, is really ill. They know Jesus well enough to know he can help, but he's not there. And they have some choices to make again. And I think this time, Martha makes the right choices. So let's have a look and see what she does. The first thing that we notice, and it's in John 11 if anyone wants to look it up, the first thing that I noticed was that Martha sends out word to Jesus. And she says, Lord, the one that you love is sick. She doesn't ask Jesus to do anything. She doesn't tell Jesus what he needs to do. I think Martha has learned that actually Jesus knows best. I still need to learn that. But what we need to know is that if we give things to Jesus, if we hand them over to him, we don't need to tell him what to do, he knows. And that's what she says, Lord, the one you love is sick. She doesn't say, come and do this, come and do that. She just tells him. And then Lazarus actually dies. Jesus is taking so long to get there that he actually dies. But again, when Martha hears that Jesus is actually approaching, she goes out. Her house would have been full of guests. They were in mourning. There would have been loads of guests there expecting to be fed, expecting to be looked after. Martha knew that there was only one thing that was required. She put Jesus ahead of everybody else and she went out to meet him. And what's interesting is Mary didn't at this point. And so Martha, I think, had learned only one thing is needed. Your guests in your house, yes, you can serve them another time. One thing is needed, go and see Jesus. And she goes out and meets him. And then the next thing that I notice is that in verse 22, she says, I know even now God will give you whatever you ask. So Martha knows that she can trust Jesus. Again, she's not saying, do this for me, do that for me. Jesus, do you not know that if you've been here, she isn't ranting and raving. She says, I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. She has learned that she can trust Jesus. She knows that just one thing is needed. And then the last thing that I notice I believe that you are the Messiah. This is Martha talking to Jesus, even though her brother has died. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. Martha has realized what is needed. She knows that Jesus is the Son of God. She knows that Jesus has everything that she needs, even though she's mourning the loss of her brother. She trusts and she knows. Isn't that amazing? And I think that that's because she's learned from the lesson that she had when Jesus visited her house.
So times when we feel as though God isn't listening, times when we feel as though he just doesn't get it, we need to stand back and give it to Jesus and say, what do you want to teach me from this? What do you want me to learn? I'm just going to finish with a story. And it's a story that Charlie Mackesee tells. And we talked about Charlie Mackesee a few weeks ago. And where's, Carol, I always get it in the wrong order, don't I? It's the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse, I think. We looked it up because we didn't realise what order it went in. I think that's what the book's called. An amazing book and an amazing film that really talks about looking after each other and caring for each other's mental health. Charlie Mackesee tells some amazing story. Now, I wanted to show the video, but he uses language that certainly wouldn't be appropriate for us in church. So I won't play the videos. I will try and tell the story in the way that he does. Because he tells the story of a friend of his who is a hospital chaplain. And this man goes into a hospital and visits people that are really, really sick, people that are close to dying. And he prays with them and he gives them hope at probably the worst time of their life. And every time this chaplain went into the hospital, he would walk past a bed and there was a man in this bed that would just shout out obscenities to him and make really rude gestures to him. And all he did every time he walked past that bed was say, God bless you. There was one time he went in and he walked past the bed and expected all the shouting to start and it didn't. The man was just lying there quietly. The chaplain went off and prayed with people and talked to people. And as he was about to leave, the man on the bed called him over. And he said, go on then, tell me about this Jesus. Tell, you what, tell me what he can do for me. So the chaplain sat down and told him about this Jesus that loved him. This Jesus that was relevant to his life. This Jesus that forgave sins and longed to hold him. And this man said, that's all very well, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've come from. And the chaplain said, none of that matters. You need to talk to Jesus. And the man in the bed said, how would I talk to Jesus? Look at me. How do I talk to Jesus? And the chaplain said, well, what would you say to him if you could talk to him? And the man said, I would tell him how scared I was. I would tell him how alone I feel. I would tell him how much I've messed up my life and I really want forgiveness. I would tell him how I wish that I could have some peace and some hope at this difficult time. And the chaplain said to him, all you need to do is that chair by the bed, pull it up by your bed. Pretend Jesus is sat there and talk to him. Tell him what you've just told me and then listen and see how Jesus responds. The man in the bed, his eyes filled with tears and he said, I could never do that and he turned his back on the chaplain. The chaplain went home and prayed and prayed for this man and came back a few days later. He walked past the bed and he noticed that the bed was empty. He called the nurse and said, where's the man from that bed gone? And she said, I'm really sorry to tell you that he died. And the chaplain's heart was full of grief. But then the nurse said something really strange happened though. When we found him dead, he died peacefully in the night. When we found him dead, The chair was right next to the bed and he was out of the bed with his arms wrapped around the outside of the chair and he had the most peaceful look that we've ever seen. That man knew what was needed. I wonder if we really know what Jesus wants from us this week. Let's go into this week knowing that we are loved, knowing that we are forgiven, knowing that we are accepted and knowing that Jesus sees And let's go into this week trying to share that with people that really need it. So the worship group are going to come up and finish with a song. It's one of my favourite songs. And the words in it say, show me who you are, fill me with your heart, and lead me in your love to those around us. Isn't that our prayer for this week? So God bless you all and have an amazing week. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the teaching. We'd love to hear from you, so please contact us. All the details can be found on our website. God bless.